slightly different, actually slightly more, uh, like that was some really interesting research. Uh, <laughs> now hopefully this is a bit of a, not quite light entertainment, but it's more, it's like a metal paper, but it's not a heavy metal paper. I'm here to talk about something that I've been running for almost two years now, and in the next few months I'll be kind of wrapping it up as a, not as a complete going concern, but as been doing it week by week, and uh, the aim is to start turn it into a bit more of an ad hoc thing. Um, so it's a COVID-19 podcast, um, and there's numerous people that we've actually been on it, so thanks for coming for paper. <laughs> and it sits within a broader project called COVID-19 Projects, which I've been running since spring 2020. Um, so while you were setting up your survey on this, I was editing a report on COVID and democracy. Um, and so the project done loads of stuff. Um, if you're on Twitter, follow us on Twitter. Um, I, I can't thank to be particularly active on Twitter. I'm pretty rubbish at it. But you know, you get our latest episode on some stuff. Uh, we've got projects and briefs, um, about reports, comment pieces, talks like this, so much more kind of empirically based and theoretically based. Um, I ran an event locally in Ealing. If you've been to Ealing, come to Ealing, it's amazing. Um, it is amazing, it's awesome. <laughs> Get jabbed Ealing. This Ealing, like lots of parts of London, is incredibly diverse. Um, and there was still is a slight issue around vaccination rates. So, but a very small part of my effort at the time. So, I ran the event with people from across the spectrum. Um, so, what um, what does a podcast do or what does it not do? What it does not do, um, and I have to remind myself of this concept. Doesn't replace like the hard work of kind of doing periods. Like right? it's really easy to get lost in it. It's quite a like almost like a short-term high, right? You publish something every week. You talk to really interesting people. You get a feel for what the literature, how the literature is evolving. But if I don't continue to do this, then I won't be able to do you know. So it's really it's great in many ways. So it doesn't replace the hard work of like you know you get a period and you're like, did they even read my paper? <laughs> so that's, um, doesn't suit everyone, right? Um, I've really enjoyed it. It's been a fantastic learning experience, but um, you know it might not work for you. You change your life. It does not make you an academic star, <laughs> but it does give you an interesting platform. Um, and I mean, I've always been surprised at how willing people are to. So it doesn't do everything. It doesn't change your life, but um, if you accept that, then it can be worthwhile. Um, it was originally launched. To promote this report, um, which almost two years ago now it was published. Um, this time two years ago, I was frantically um, working through drafts. That Zuko wrote a chapter, two chapters actually. One on Japan, one on Taiwan. The one on Taiwan like got picked up loads. We got like five of these embassies around the world retweeting our report, which was pretty cool. Um, so these, some of the people, everyone was from Kingston, apart from Rob Ledger, who's in Germany but used to be in Kingston. He wrote a chapter on Germany. Um, Javier, who many of you all know, um, he did our forward. So originally the idea was just to do an episode on each chapter and then leave it there. But I thought, well, we'll see if anyone has to talk to me. Turns out that they would, <laughs> and they continue to do so. Um, and well, this is probably bit, we're going to get to 100 episodes at some point this summer. I don't know when. It'll depend on like leave and how willing people are to talk to me over the summer. So it's a bit harder, obviously, but at some point it's going to be 100 episodes, and then at that point, that's when I'm going to, because it's quite satisfying, but you know, we still, I'll continue to run it, but it'll become a bit more ad hoc rather than 
and every week, some weeks it's been one episode a week. Um, so it's something else that I do rather than putting my publish every week. But still, quite practical time of getting to 100 episodes. Um, if you're ever thinking of doing one, I don't know if you've got to be organised. Like, you have to have an infrastructure sitting behind it and you have to keep on top of the infrastructure, like, with, like, almost over-the-top organisation of tasks. Because, you know, if people, you might have someone come back and say, I'm not happy with the episode, can you take it down? Like, can you check something? Like, I've never actually had that. But you can imagine a scenario where someone would, right? Like, you might, maybe a journalist gets in touch, wants to, whatever. So you need to have a really organised system. It's quite boring, right? But, you know, we are academics. Um, and once you've got that in place, it's quite easy to keep it up and running. Um, but you, you need a method, right? Um, and you need to stay organised. Because the minute you let the organisation slip, they you let it sit for one week, oh, I won't you, you sh- You're shot, right? So you need to keep on with it. Um, and I've got more procedural advice of anyone, <laughs> but I won't go into it in super detail. Um, the technology, is, I've only been doing it two years, honestly. It changes so often. You know that thing when you log into Teams and every button's moved? Like, it's the same with the technology to run a podcast. Like, honestly, I mean, it, you can't really get used to it, but it's just always changing. Like, when I think back to what it looked like when I first started doing it two years ago, it's almost completely different. Like, and, and it looks differently on the phone to on the screen, and then you're in different browsers. Um, and, like, you can't stop it. So if you're going to do it, you just get used to it. Um, and sometimes it can take a few minutes to kind of get used to whatever new update um, has been done. And, or, but you know, it, it, I get. I mean, so, I presume some of it's like security related, right? Which is way above my head tech wise. But and even if it's not, like, I'm not doing anything about it, just kind of ride with it. But it does. It can be slightly shocking. Sometimes it, you get used to it, and then they do something. Where? Where is this button? <laughs> um, it's allowed me to engage with people like, you know, everyone talks about, you know, we all like to claim, and you know, collaborators around the world, we kind of, all these big academic stars, that's true. Um, for the rest of us, maybe we have collaborators in, you know, one or two countries that are lucky. Like, like a really, if you want to speak to people around the world, set up a podcast. People have spoken to me from literally all over the world. It's like, I mean, there's just some of the places here, like Hong Kong. Loads of um, people from the States, uh, Canada, all over, like lots of people in Europe, all over the UK. Although I'm yet to have someone from Northern Ireland. So if you know someone in Northern Ireland working on something interesting to do with COVID, point them in my direction. Um, I just haven't got onto it. Um, like lots of academics, like politicians, like lots of people, lots of local politicians in Ealing. If you know anything about Ealing politics, it's name, really. Um, on a really nerdy local politics like level, but it really is. Um, really interesting people in the medical field. Uh, an eye doctor spoke to me about some really interesting work he's been doing around like digital medicine. But like when I spoke to him, he like his driver was, well, I think everyone should have access to medicine, right? And so like there was this really interesting political backing for what you know, he, you know, especially he was an expert on the bikes, but he had this really interesting backstory. Um, and he was a Green Party activist, and yeah, really fascinating. Um, lots of really interesting stuff going on in education. Like in the last few months, I've just interviewed person after person, really interesting, engaging stuff. And loads of these people are driven by their politics around them. Um, if anyone's on that 
there's a, do you know, if you teach and you're interested in kind of pedagogy, the CEDA journals, is, they're really interesting. And the CEDA um, mailing list is great. The kind of subscribe and unsubscribe sometimes is it could be, it's really active. So it can like jam up your in inbox, but you get like a really good feel for how stuff's evolving. So I know I've got lots of people um, I interviewed around the education to come back. Um, it's not really niche, interesting topics. Um, it, you know that thing where, like, so this is the old pipeline, it's dull and boring, and you've got to do that peer review, and you're bothered, right? And now over here is the new shiny one that it seems much easier when you get to it. Well, this allows you to do, like, deal with that new shiny thing, but not have to go through the dull stuff of, like, engaging with that peer review. So uh, there was a, not in my ward, but in kind of two wards along where I live, last year, there was a by-election in the local elections in Hanging Hill Ward. Um, and so Hanging Hill's really interesting. You go, it's got, like part of this, it's like an amazing multitudinous estate. Like the houses, you think Kingston houses are expensive. Go look at this estate, it's nuts. <laughs> really expensive, but then it's also got, who drives? Yeah, anyone drive? Yeah, Hanging Hill, Hanging Lane, drive to me. The bane of everyone's life in London, yeah. So that this one ward has got the Hanging Hill drive Hanging Lane drive and this mock Tudor estate. So the politics of it is fascinating. And I managed to get all the candidates from the Liberal Democrats, Labour, Conservatives, and Tory party to come and speak to me about it. something interesting. So this is the ward. Uh, you know, I never could have, you know, time to write my paper on it, uh, but I got to engage with it. Um, I did the brand of Get Jardine event, um, like, I could sell it to the candidates to say, we'll do this event, but then also you will get an individual podcast that you can uh, share with your activists and so on. It was really good. Um, it, you, you can use it in lots of different ways. Um, it's helped me develop my thinking no end, right? Like, and that doesn't get, you know, that's not kind of the peer of new type of thinking. Like, it's just what's interesting, what's like comparatively, what's happened in Australia, what's happened in Germany, what's happened in Canada, the States, Hong Kong. Um, and um, you, I've been some topics I've returned to quite a few times, um, and you've developed relationships with people, which maybe in the future might lead to more considered pieces, you know, kind of breath level outcomes to speak in the kind of slightly depressing yeah, really, in terms of uh, UK academia. Um, you never know what you're going to um, um, uncover or kind of stumble into. One thing I stumbled into was. It, locally, but actually across lots of parts of London, there's a big issue with something come across it called low traffic neighbourhoods. I don't drive, I live on the 10th floor, so I've got no intention of buying a car, so I haven't heard of these, right? Um, and in Ealing, Ealing, like lots of council, got loads of money to deal with traffic stuff and uh, social distancing during the pandemic, and they tried to implement what low traffic neighbourhoods. And they just messed it up. Like they didn't ask anyone. They just, they just made loads of really schoolboy errors out of the incident. But and but I did. I hadn't really heard of them. And I interviewed these people for this Hanger Hill or Hanger Hill Estate um, podcast, and all of them really angry. Like the first, I was like, "What is this?" The <laughs> crime. Um, and then it's just a massive issue that I never would have come across. So I didn't put this together, by the way. This is like this is like. Someone's, there's loads of conspiracy theories about no traffic labels, but this is a graphic put together by someone trying to link all the people. So that's my uh, 12 I'm nearly done. 
um, like all of the links between all of like, across the whole country. Like it's incredible. I imagine how long that took, right? And and like it's got every political party in it. Like no conspiracy could be that big because politicians aren't that clever. Like I spend my life studying them, right? Like I mean they're just not. It's not possible. So like but now I've got like a paper under review um, focused specifically on low traffic networks, um, just as a result of kind of wandering even. Um, so what are my so as I wrap that up, um, I've got one of my long term interests is US politics, so and the US midterms coming up, so part of my time will shift over to that. Um, I'm currently editing a book on the official record and the rule of law and national security. Um, I now found another podcast within my department. Um, and then the COVID-19 watch project we continues in slightly different things. Okay, thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Thank you.